Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Good afternoon or good evening and welcome to the Vanguard for Spike. But did you watch the trial, <laughs> Cohen? I am Matt Wright and together we are traversing the muddy waters of freedom. Did you watch the trial? Like did literally, you watch the did trial? you literally watch the trial? Literally watch the trial. Hey guys, I hope that you literally watched the trial. I'm Spike Cohen. It's good to see you again. Uh, first and foremost, allow me to thank... Robert Evelyn Carmichael for the comma that I'm thinking on this episode. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> Goodness. I'd like to thank Nestle Pure Life for my possibly French water. Is this French? It's from. <laughs> Just because it says Nestle doesn't it's from Reverse Osmosis. Like to thank that for the water, Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. What's funny is if Bobby sees that, he's gonna get so mad that I called him Robert Evelyn, and that's just gonna make it better. That's uh, a fancy. I mean, hey, listen, if you're having your, if you're having your your stuff made by a Robert Evelyn, that's pretty. It's pretty Robert classy. Evelyn Carmichael. I'd like I, I wish, Robert Evelyn. Robert Evelyn. Well, shout out to Robert Evelyn. And uh, guys, thank you for tuning in to uh, this special post-The Bitches Guilty episode of The Muddy Waters of Freedom. You but may... did you watch the trial? But, uh, in case you didn't watch the trial, because a lot of you apparently did not watch the trial. <laughs> seriously, seriously, though, you obviously didn't watch the trial. It's, uh, none of you watched the trial, but we, Matt apparently watched all of the trial. All of it. He watched every inch, every inch, because that's how you measure time. That's every how you measure inch time. Of yeah, time <laughs> measured every inch of time of that trial. Uh, Just so, so when people would say, "Did you watch the trial?" I could go, "Yeah, did you?" Yeah, every inch of it. Uh, but no, he he listened to an impressive amount of that trial to get uh, uh, some clips for us uh, today. But um, so yeah, I guess let's let's get started. So speaking of. Uh, I don't know. Well, anyway, so great top of the top of the uh, the fold news to start off for tonight is, of course, uh, our president who uh, is uh, faithfully fighting against socialism around the world. He did so today by praising Chinese Chinese communism. He congratulated President Xi and the Chinese people on the 70th anniversary of the People's Republic of China picture related there that is a uh, little girl being executed um by the uh <laughs> I like it, well for for our audio listeners the tweet is surrounded for anybody who's 
watching us, I hope you understand that's a little girl being executed by a communist regime. I like the guy ducking out of the way. Well, yeah. That's some pro moves right there. If you look, the two holding her, they know not only do you want to get out of the way of the bullet, but of the blast, which means they've done this right. before. This isn't their first, they've done this once or twice. This isn't their first, first roll in the hay. Um, right. but, uh, but yeah, so Donald Trump, uh, praising the Chai Coms, uh, who are best known. One of their greatest hits, of course, is the Great Leap Forward in which somewhere between 70 and a hundred million Chinese people died mostly from starvation. Uh, the pretty much every other human atrocity, uh, pales in comparison to it. And, uh, it was either, it really was a toss up between this photo and, uh, Tank Man, which is the guy that stood down the tanks in Tiananmen Square. But, uh, we don't know if Tank Man died. We do know this girl died. So right. I felt like this was a little bit more powerful. So congrats to communist China from us here at the Muddy Waters of Freedom. Because, you know, if if anybody deserves congratulations for making it 70 years, it's a deadly communist regime. A brutal police state regime built around the worst human suffering that we've seen in the modern era. Right. Or some of the worst we've seen. Yeah. In the modern era. So congrats to you guys. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, we got to fight socialism, Matt. We got to stop socialism unless it's we, in China. Yeah. <laughs> unless it's in China, in which case, congrats on 70 years of here's to, brutal socialism. <laughs> here's to 70 more. Bulavanaka, everyone. Bulavanaka. Um, Trump was, was not finished. And I'm not sure if this happened before or after that, but. Um, oh, this was before. This was before that. Well, that makes sense. So yeah. he also, speaking of, uh, I guess, people uh, talking like dictators, uh, Donald Trump uh, went after Adam Schiff, uh, congressman of, uh, for a Democrat congressman from uh, the 28th District of California. Fun fact there. Um, he, uh, uh, because he, and we'll, we'll get into what he said that got Trump mad, but Trump said, uh, he had some words for Mr. Schiff, he said, Rep. Adam Schiff illegally made up a fake and terrible statement, pretended it to be mine as the most important part of my call to the Ukrainian president and read it aloud to Congress and the American people. It bore no relationship to what I said on the call. Arrest for treason? Because that would, I mean, I I, I don't know if Chris, if Chris Reynolds, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, uh, if he's tuned in, uh, we'd like to know um, if that constitutes treason. Oh, okay, yeah. Chris, so, no, Chris is. is uh... Yeah, Chris is on. But uh, I can actually answer this because I was looking up definitions of treason earlier today that I okay. meant to include in the notes. And uh, then I got a phone call and stopped. But uh, in order for it to be considered treason, uh, it basically has to be an act of war against the country. Ah. So just saying that the president said something that he didn't exactly say, uh, no. No, not, not treason. treason. So the answer... Probably more, probably more slander, possibly. So the answer but, to his question, arrest for treason, would be... No. N- no, no. Now, no. to be fair, uh, Adam Schiff's uh, statement was... a uh, uh, he, he got a little bit... He got a little bit off the beaten path of what Trump actually said. Uh, this was the summary he gave that got Trump mad. Um, his summary was uh, what he accused Donald Trump of saying is, uh, we've been very good to your country, very good. Uh, no other country has done as much as we have. But you know what? I don't see much reciprocity here. I hear what you want. I have a favor I want from you, though. And I'm going to say this only seven times, so you better listen good. 
I want you to make up dirt on my political opponent, understand lots of it. Uh, that is what uh, Adam Schiff pictured there, uh, Democrat of California, what he said. Um, and so that was a bit of a mischaracterization of what um, of what Donald Trump said. <laughs> Matt, do you have any comment in there? No, no, that's that's Adam Schiff. He represents the 28th district of California. He's a, a Democrat congressman. He's overseeing um, the uh, <laughs> impeachment probe in Congress. So, uh, you know, what he said was, uh, uh, you know, he was he, he, he later said, or I guess he said during that summer, he said, you know, this was meant to be at least part in parody. Um, now, I know what you're thinking. This does not look like someone who would, you know satirize something important like that and yet he did Matt. that's 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 very fair um and you know when you're starting when when you're starting out a congressional hearing it's good to do something in parody i right when you're putting something down in the official record as to how a president acted or what a president said, you want it to be in parody. You would, you would, Matt. And I, I mean, I mean, listen, <laughs> you're, you're bringing him up on treason as Adam Schiff has done. And, and you look at this man, this is the, the face of seriousness there, but the reality is this. <laughs> it's like Matt said, you're about to try to impeach someone. So you go and, and, you know, riff on what he said and not just like, you know, say a few words of like summarizing it. He like said an entire paragraph there and it's not what he said. He didn't say dig up dirt. And you know, whether you think there's a quid pro quo, we should probably have a quid pro quo count of on our episode from now on. Um, But uh, you know, whether you think that's, you know, he was calling for a quid pro quo, he never actually said that. And it kind of gives a lack of seriousness to the whole thing. And if there's anything we here at muddied waters media hate more than anything, it's not being serious about <laughs> this, Matt. That's true. Uh, it's a very serious. Uh, it's a very serious thing going I'm on. I'm taking and, it uh, seriously. To make, so <laughs> to make jokes about it is it's just wrong. It's it's absolutely it's wrong. wrong. It, um, it, it's absolutely wrong. And anybody who is making jokes about it should be brought up on treason on charges. treason charges, right? right. So because <laughs> so, that's what it is. Um, so Trump has also demanded to face the whistleblower. Uh, he wants to face his whistleblower, uh, that started all of this. And I mean, let's be fair. I know when someone's blowing my whistle, I want to face them. That's right. And everybody knows the greatest whistleblower in white house history is Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky, who, as far as we know, uh, Bill Clinton was facing her. That's true. I can't imagine she'd be a good whistleblower if he if she if he wasn't. I'm sure if I look hard enough on the internet, I can find a photo depicting her whistleblowing him, not facing without him, not facing, facing away from him, or him facing away from her, which would probably be more likely. Right. Although I guess it, depending on how you're positioned, she could technically face away from him. But Trump doesn't want that. No, Trump wants to. He wants to be eye to eye with that whistleblower. He wants to see who's blowing his whistle, which is how That's I like right. it too. I want them True. to look. I want them to face me too. I want. I want. I want the eye contact. I want while direct the eye contact. Whenever, whenever anyone's whistle is being blown, 
it's it, it, too many people want to make it an impersonal thing, and I think that that's wrong. And frankly, I mean, let's 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 be clear. If you're going to blow someone's whistle without uh, facing them, I think really you should be brought up on uh, charges of treason. True. True. I think that uh, you know, and everybody's all about anonymity when it comes to blowing whistles. And uh, Cory Booker knows a lot about that, actually. It's very but, sad. Uh, T-bone, yeah. T-bone, right? Um, but you know, usually I like to know my whistleblowers. I like to know my whistleblowers and get get that one-on-one contact with the whistleblowers. Well, speaking of innuendo, Liz Warren has been zucking up a lot, huh? Hey, hey, hey! That's like I put that in the notes, and I didn't. Almost. Almost. It's almost like that happened. So, Matt, you actually know more about this, so I'm going to let you kind of lead off on what happened here. Uh, So back in July, there was an inter-office meeting. (laughs) Just got a message from somebody saying they'd blow my whistle. Whoa. Well, I hope Oddly enough, it was somebody whose thumb was in my mouth. Um, Oh, wow. Well, I hope he faces you. you. Good to see he's getting over it. Um, (laughs) So uh, in July, Facebook had an inter-office meeting because many of the Democratic presidential candidates have been saying things that... um, I mean, that's a 180. Sorry. Yeah, that is a 180. That is a 180. He he is straight on looking me right in the eye while whistleblowing me. Um, But... uh, a lot of the Democratic presidential candidates have been <laughs> talking about um, <clears throat> breaking up large tech corporations like That's Google, terrible. Facebook, Amazon, and uh, Elizabeth Warren has been one of the uh, one of the candidates that has been kind of leading this charge. Right. right. Uh, in this meeting, Zuckerberg he uh, he had some harsh words about uh, what they plan to do. And uh, we actually have audio of this inner office meeting. Thanks to some good detective work by Steven, our intern. Steven, the intern, did some great work here. Thank, Good job, Steven. So here is uh, Mark Zuckerberg, CEO and founder of Facebook, talking about how he plans to, to fight this. Like Elizabeth Warren, who thinks that the right answer is to break up the companies, uh, you know, I mean, if she gets elected president, then I would, I would bet that we will have a legal challenge, and I would bet that we will win the legal challenge. So it's so it's um, so basically it's uh, and um, so I, I, does that still suck for us? Yeah, I mean I don't have to you know have a major lawsuit against our own government. I mean that's not like the position that you want to be in when you're you know. I mean it's like we we care about our country and like want to work with our government to do good things. And um, but but look at the end of the day, if someone's going to try to threaten something that existential, you go to the mat and you fight. So was that from a? I mean, did was this leaked or was this intentional? Yeah, this was this was this was a leaked. Uh, this was leaked from somebody. Uh, I don't know where it was. Who leaked it? I'm certain Zuckerberg wants to look at that whistleblower. Oh, face-to-face. can you imagine how much Zuckerberg would like to look with like the face of that whistleblower? Oh yeah, he he wants to get eye to eye with that whistleblower. Um, but uh, so what he's what he's basically saying here is that if they try to break up the company, he will sue the government. And the only people who are truly working to do this are the people that Facebook is supporting. (laughs) Now, (laughs) 
that's my favorite part about this yeah. is Elizabeth Warren and other like she's the main one. So we'll, we're just going to keep there. And since she is right now the front runner of the 2020 race, if she becomes the nominee, Facebook will be supporting the person trying to break them up and planning on suing that person later. Which begs the question, exactly how much are they really going to support her? I mean, it's so much of Democrats hoped hinge on 2016 not replaying itself where Donald Trump was basically given parody on social media to the Democrats. And I mean, there, there's been all this talk on social media platforms about, you know, on all the different, you know, the woke people running these platforms saying, you know, we have to do more. Essentially, they won't outright say it, but basically saying we want to make sure the Democrat wins this time. Um, and what if the Democrat wants to break them all up? How much are they going to fight for? But uh, uh, Zuckerberg had more to say. He um, he was stating that if you you know break up the companies, uh, it makes election interference more possible because these big tech companies can't work together to stop interference, which basically means what we were just saying, uh, you know, we want to work together to make sure Donald Trump doesn't get reelected and you're you're fighting us. But this is what he had to say about that. It's just that breaking up these companies, whether it's Facebook or Google or Amazon, um, is not actually going to solve the issues. And, you know, it doesn't make election interference uh, less likely. It makes it more likely because now the companies can't coordinate and work together. Work together to coordinate together coordinate together to on to not interfere in elections not interfere to coordinate to not interfere in other words to right. make sure a Democrat <laughs> there's no wins. right okay. um so it's really interesting that you've got a company or you've got a candidate such as liz warren saying these things and knowing that a company such as zuckerbook is out there doing everything they can to silence great voice political voices by taking away like buttons and not allowing people to like pages and hiding them in searches like muddy waters media right like like this one and she see she's like oh well they're silencing people like muddy waters media we need to break them up so that'll fix it so that'll fix it. And Zuck's going, wait a minute, I'm trying to support you and you're trying to take away half of my money. Yeah. And keep in mind, we're not Republicans. We are. The fact that we're being targeted and we're not being targeted as bad as others. I mean, other people have had their their pages completely removed. We've We've gotten essentially a slap on the wrist. But for nothing, we haven't actually done anything wrong. They can't tell us what we've done wrong. We have no hits against us, and yet they've taken our like button. We aren't we've got one. We've got one hit. We had one hit against us. Yeah, just the one. It was a stupid hit. Oh, the Xbox one. The Hitler playing Xbox. Yeah, we have a hit for Hitler playing Xbox. But this and this happened way before all of that. We lost our like button and all of that stuff. Um. It's just because we're not pro-Democrat. If we were pro-Democrat, we wouldn't be treated like this. Anyway, all that to say, it is fun to watch this enemy-on-enemy friendly fire. And uh, may it continue well into past the election cycle. Um, But the really big news here is that, sadly, guys, it looks like the uh, participants, the jurors in the Amber Geiger trial 
uh, did not watch the trial. Um, because, uh, the, uh, they and the, and the city of Dallas at large have avoided massive riots in Dallas by finding, uh, the former cop Amber Geiger, that's the white chick on the left there, white cop Amber Geiger, uh, guilty of, uh, the murder of, uh, Botham Jean, who was, uh, an immigrant who, uh, lived in, uh, the apartment directly above Amber and was in his home. Uh, when she broke into it and killed him while he ate ice cream. And yet, this woman had the, I guess we'll say gall? Audacity. The self-confidence to contest this and not plead down to something else. Uh, She said that... Happy New Year. What's that? Happy New Year. Oh, thank you. Shana Toba. She broke into his house... Uh, saying that she had confused it with hers, even though there were multiple visual cues that should have tipped her off that she wasn't in her house. Like, for example, the fact that the door was different and there was a a welcome mat on the door and her key didn't work and the furnishings were different and pretty much it was someone else's property. Oh, and also there was a guy on the couch eating ice cream. Eating ice cream. Just completely naked because that's what you do when you break into someone's house. Um, was he naked? I think so. I think they said he was naked, but he was. Well, that's that is really the best way to eat ice cream. I'm not like. I mean, seriously. I I, I respect that. It's hot, or it was hot. It's Dallas. It's Dallas. It's always hot. I'd be I'd be doing if I lived in Texas, I'd be buck naked eating ice cream too in my home, and uh, right. <laughs> and so she uh, that was her that was her. Um, I don't even know what to, that that was what she had to say was that she was afraid. This is actually a, a bit of her three hours of testimony. Uh, three hours, seven minutes. Three hours and seven minutes that our amazing yeah. Stephen, pictured here on the left, uh, watched pretty much all of so that he could get some of this uh, this primo testimony of this chick explaining why it's okay that she broke into someone else's house and killed him. Fire. Why did you fire? So I was scared. I was scared this person said if I was gonna cry. And I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Ms. Agri, could you please repeat your answer? With this bowl of ice cream. I with that every single day that I heard. Now that you know, you found out when you came around that counter and shot an innocent man. How do you feel about that? No police officer ever would want to hurt an innocent person. Hmm. Hmm. Has she actually cried yet? I feel like a terrible person. So I feel like a piece of crap. You are. I hate, I hate it every. I hate that I have to live with this every single time. She hates that she has to live with it. And I ask Both God for forgiveness. And I hate right. myself every single day. I feel like I don't deserve the chance to be with my family and friends. 
I wish he was the one with the gun that killed me. I never wanted to take an innocent person's life. I am so sorry. This is not about hate. It's about being scared that night. So, uh, <laughs> I watched a lot of that today. Yeah. A it, lot of that. With Steven. You watched it with Steven. Right, with Steven. And, um, at certain points, yes, I think she actually shed tear. Okay. Like you could see, like I'm looking at it in 720. I was looking at it in 720 and for hours watching that. And I think that, yes, there were a few times that she did. Um, the most important parts of that were, she says, my training took over, which isn't in there because I just wanted you to see the absolute farce of an i'm sad face um what's that she puts on it's like she she it's like she watched too many episodes of that show lie to me and then was like let me try to figure out how to look as sad as possible and she learned that if you bring the eyebrows in and kind of get them to go up while pulling the lip down And that's like that's all she did for like most of that. Um, I feel like a piece of crap. Now she, my family shouldn't be allowed to see me. Well, great, they're not going to. Yeah, um, they're not. And I mean, neither are are Bo's. Everyone, uh, so he was well known as like people knew him as Bo. Neither will Bo's family, and he doesn't have to worry about feeling like a piece of crap because you killed him while he was eating ice cream in his home. Um, right. I, I so, yeah, she, she okay. So she said that my training took over and. I shot him twice and they were like, that's called a double tap. Right. And she goes, yes, that's a double tap. And they were like, and now you learned that in your training. And she goes, yes, I learned that in my training. And he goes, okay. But you said that there were visual clues that you noticed that meant that it wasn't your apartment. Like the mat was missing. And when you end like, and when, and the key didn't work. Right. And she's like, right. But I was really tired. And people are saying that she, um, it's not that she was tired. It's that she was distracted because while she was, breaking into this man's apartment she was texting her married lover uh who's also on the force um and she was worried about them getting caught or something now i mean this is one hell of a way to get caught um because after she broke into this man's apartment pointed a gun at him double tapped him uh she was worried about deleting the text messages instead of giving CPR another part of her training. Right, part of her officer training to delete uh, evidence and not give CPR <laughs> to... Uh, right, the... and they said, did not you Did you learn CPR? She goes, well, yeah, I've never performed it on a human. Still hasn't, by the way. Um, <laughs> she's like, I'd never performed it on a human. They said, but was it part of your training? And she said, yes, it was part of my training. And she said, what were you doing instead? I was on the phone giving them my location. And it's in, I couldn't give CPR because I was on the phone. And he goes, they have speakerphone. And she goes, right. But I was, there were so many things going through my mind. And they said, were you deleting text messages? She, yeah, I was deleting text messages to my married lover. Right. And she, he goes, well, have you deleted messages from him before in the past? And she said, yes. And uh she he was like why she goes well i feel really guilty about it and it's like well, well if you do why like why a you lot doing of the it? things that you, 
Yeah, you're, you're just going to keep on doing it, even though you got that guilt thing building up inside of you. Maybe stop and, doing it. Right. And maybe if you weren't dealing with all the guilt and being, you know, exhausted from your hard day of finding people for idiotic things that aren't real crimes, uh, you wouldn't um, have shot an innocent man in his home and then beg people to forgive you while saying that you don't deserve forgiveness. And that you, and that you wish you had died... So, that so you wish, you, yeah, that you wish this man had killed you instead. If you wish you so, had died, then just say you're guilty. Either that or sorry for this one, but just do it. <laughs> I, right. I, I don't. I. Anyway, this. Uh, so she was found guilty. Now, all, not to be fair, not all of our followers are happy with the outcome. Um, they were they were not pleased. Uh, they think that we were piling on her. Uh, because she's a police officer, and they thought that uh, we uh, were not being fair, and that maybe we hadn't seen the trial. Um, Matt, and I, I guess that's—I mean, you did see the trial. I, I, I saw the trial. I watched pretty much all of that trial just so when somebody says, "Did you see the trial?" I can, yeah, did you? Yeah, I did. Did you see the trial? All of the trial. Yeah, because I watched pretty much all of it. Yeah, and yeah, no, she did it. I don't care what excuses she has. Yep. Something and else. The way that the, and, and people are like, well, it should be manslaughter, not murder, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right, right, right. The way that Texas law is written, it's murder. Yeah. They, depend, they, it doesn't matter what it's written like in your state. It right. matters what it's written like in that one. Right. And another thing that they said was, you know, well, you know, some of the investigators were on her side and were defending her. Yes, that's called the thin blue line. That's called the, that's called police taking up for each other. Do you think that if it had been just a random person who had gone into some, into an, who had broken into an officer's home and killed them while they ate ice cream, that those officers would be coming up with reasons why that was justified? Oh, one of the things they said is, oh, in that building, uh, a lot of people, uh, Matt, a lot of people had um, uh, also mistakenly gone into the wrong units. Guess how many of them killed the person that was in the unit? Just her. Just the yeah. one. Well, one. Well, yeah, just one. Just her. No one else. Um, so that's not really good evidence. So, and yes, a lot of people said, well, you know, technically it's manslaughter. It's not murder because she didn't premeditate it. But like Matt said, this is Texas. It's, they it's call how that, they have that law written. That, they call that murder. And, yeah, they call that one straight up murder in Texas. And just to completely drive home the fact that this officer was given every possible chance, the judge allowed the jury to consider the Castle Doctrine as uh, exonerating, to possible, possibly exonerating her. Now, for those who don't know, the Castle Doctrine is the idea that when you are in your home, your home, and someone trespasses or breaks into it that you have a right to defend yourself against that person using lethal force even if they're not using lethal force against you the fact that they're in your home and are refusing to leave uh and and that you feel threatened by them being in your home that you can you can use deadly force against them in your home going back to the self-confidence we were talking about it takes a high level of self-confidence to go well you know because i thought i was in my house even though i have no proof of that I want to evoke castle doctrine. 
Matt, you can imagine the pandemonium that would happen if any person that committed murder could say, I swore I thought I was in my house. This was totally castle doctrine, Your Honor. Totally oh, yeah. Killed that hooker in at now, by the lake. I thought I was at my house. I know, uh, thanks to personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, uh, there have been multiple uh, cases here in Florida recently where somebody, uh, God, what do they call it? Where they broke into homes that they used to live in. Okay. I normally, normally what I'm guessing is it's because they're drunk or on something and they just oh, kind of forget oh, that oh. they don't live there and they get caught there. Right. Right. But, it, uh, God, I can't remember what the term for it is, but, uh, those people used to live in those places. They're still going to jail. There's no castle doctrine for them. Um, one guy was cooking breakfast and told the people to go back to bed. I like that. I'll, I'm almost done. I'll let you know when the <laughs> eggs are ready. That's funny. That is but, funny. Uh, but yeah, like you could just easily break into anybody's house then. Be like, oh, I thought this was mine and shoot them and castle doctrine. Like there would, there would be precedent for it. There would exactly, there'd be precedent. Well, your honor, that other chick, she killed the guy in his house. This wasn't even her house. It was the lake. I thought that was my pool. I'm like, why is this hooker at my pool? So, I mean, a lot of stuff could happen here or even just the idea that you can get off of murder charges because you didn't mean to the pandemonium that would happen as a result of anyone going, well, your honor, I didn't mean it. I didn't, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to kill the guy. I freaking, uh, uh, I just, I fired the gun. I, I definitely aimed the gun at him and I definitely pulled the trigger twice. I totally double tapped that hooker, but I didn't mean to kill her. But I did not mean to kill her. I, I, every day, I live with this regret, and that should be punishment enough, Your Honor. I feel like a piece of crap. As God is my witness, I thought hookers were more resilient than that. There's a lot of bad things that could happen as a result of this. So this is, you know, we're, I'm, and, I'm an anarchist. I don't know, what, what are we in, 30, 35 minutes in? But if we're going to have, whether it's a state, a status society or a stateless society... There has to be a level of justice for something like murder. Yeah. And, and go ahead. Really, uh, what Jenny Rand Anthony says, uh, her actions after the fact is what makes it murder. And I would right. agree with it. Like, yep. If she had just gone, like, she just went in and she did that, she did everything wrong after that. She, did she, she didn't try to give him CPR. She started deleting text messages <laughs> so she wouldn't get caught for her affair. She didn't do anything to try to save this man's life. And like everything after after the bang bang was wrong. Like yeah. it was I need to cover all of my tracks right now. Like if you would if you had really truly accidentally killed someone, you're not thinking, "Man, I got to start deleting evidence." You're like, "Holy crap, I just killed someone and hopefully So here so if you still think you're in your property, even after killing the person, you call the police and say, you know, someone broke into my house and I killed them. And then and then again, as an officer, you're, you know, someone who's trained in CPR, you use CPR. If you suddenly realize, holy crap, I'm in the wrong place, 
then you still, you call and say, I was in the wrong place, and you perform CPR. You don't say, man, I better get rid of this evidence that's going to be awful damning of me. I don't think, because I know initially there were people that thought that there was possibility that she had an affair with him and that this was a premeditated thing and that she had you know planned to do this or whatever. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I do know that there had been previous complaints by her against him, supposedly, and things like that. But I think what happened here is she came in, she saw the the you know she couldn't get in uh, because her key didn't work because it was the wrong place. So she in the the latch was faulty. So she broke in somehow. She wasn't really thinking about anything other than sexing sexting this guy. Suddenly, she sees someone. I think on the they key. were supposed to have a meetup later that night. Yeah, that yeah. She was like talking about meeting the guy or something like that, and she sees someone. On her, on what she thought, or what she might have thought was a cat, she saw someone there with ice cream, walking, standing up, and uh, and 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 walking towards her. And because her mentality was such that she, you know, how dare you exist near me? Rather than taking the time that any one of us would be expected to take in that situation and look at this and go, wait a second, this is a this is a, a you know an awful mix-up. She shot first and asked questions later. And the question she asked after she shot was. How can I, you know, make this look better for me? And right. so now she's in jail for murder. So right now, so the sentencing phase of her trial began today, shortly after the verdict came in. Uh, and she is going to get somewhere between five and 99 years in prison. Uh, they deliberated at around six o'clock Eastern today. Uh, and they are starting up again tomorrow morning. So we'll know soon enough how much time she faced. Oh, another thing, because the judge uh, allowed the jury to consider castle doctrine, her ability to appeal this is going to be garbage. Because if anything, this trial was unfavorable in her favor, or was unfair in her favor. They pulled out every single stop they could to try to get this chick off of murder. So it's not like there's not really anything they're going to be able to claim. Some of her, some of the investigators were 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 testifying on her behalf. Uh, uh, the judge was allowing them to use castle doctrine, even though she was the. Imagine a situation where police break into your home, they go into the wrong house, and you kill them. You're going to be lucky to be able to use castle doctrine, and it's your home. Yeah. This is the opposite scenario where she mistakenly breaks into someone's house and sh- shoots the person. I mean, it's it's how ridiculous is it that we're actually surprised that she was found guilty of murder? Anyway, so we will know soon enough uh, how uh, how much time she gets. Uh, but speaking of bad actions by police being potentially rectified by the state, Matt, tell us about what we, happened in Ohio. We actually do have uh, one phone call that came in about just about the time we started. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. I got the notification literally, literally as we were starting. Well, caller, thank you for calling. You just have to pull up anchor. FM. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a message. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant someone called on uh, on. Um, oh, on the hangout. line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. I, I haven't. Man, we may have many calls on that. I haven't opened that in a long time. 
Oh, so we have. Hey, great news, everyone. My favorite segment's about to happen. It is the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. Uh, where one of our our favorite sponsors, Chris Reynolds, attorney, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, calls in with his thoughts and questions, and Matt and I answer them. So here is the first one from Chris Reynolds. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your AOC Millennial Minute. So as we go along and we seem to be getting more and more confidence and support for impeachment proceedings, um, I went back and, and kind of looked through the the Nixon um, impeachment and a couple things that, that I noted most importantly. One, that... The Nixon's party was was split to begin with on on impeachment, on whether or not he should be impeached, and I don't see that with Trump. Um, and two, um, Nixon didn't control both houses of con- Congress, so that one was always going to be a lot different than what we have now. So I love your guys' thoughts on our current stat- status of the impeachment. So this actually spe- that's a great question uh, Chris and this actually speaks to the uh level of hyperpartisanship and how it's grown over time. Um there was a graphic I wish I I'll try to find it but there's a graphic that shows from like 1900 to now or you know a year ago or whatever um how much uh the different parties vote across party lines and how much they vote just within their own parties. And what it has shown is that over time, the two parties have become more and more hyper-partisan. Now, the interesting thing is that they've also, the differences between their actual policies have become almost identical in terms of they're both the perpetual war party, they're both the perpetual spending party, they're both the perpetual taxation party, the perpetual debt party, the perpetual every terrible thing, drug war, perpetual military industrial complex prison industrial complex whatever any terrible thing you want to throw in there uh party um but when it comes to the actual partisanship of who should be in power they have become more and more hyper partisan and so the idea and this was kind of similar with the with the the whole clinton debacle all pretty much virtually all democrats were simply against clinton's impeachment and virtually all republicans were simply in favor of it. And the facts were basically just things that were used by either side to jockey against the other. It wasn't really relevant to whether they were in favor of it or not. Um, and we're seeing the same thing now. Um, you know, our our position on whether or not this is impeachable is, yeah, because anything's impeachable. Um, it says high crimes and misdemeanors in the Constitution. So if there's anything that uh, either side decides is a high crime or misdemeanor, they can impeach him and they can remove him. That's that that's that's how the rules are written. Uh, it's not set up the same as like a jury trial where they have very strict definitions of how they have to proceed to things. If they decide that that the president has done something deserving of impeachment, they can impeach him. And if the Senate, uh, if the what two thirds of the Senate decides that he's done something that the president's done something worthy of removal, they can remove him. And that's how it works. Um, it's never actually happened, although with Nixon, it probably was going to happen. He would have been the first. Yeah, he would have been the first, which is why he um, which is why he he resigned. But 
it's just i mean matt that's just it's just how partisan they are right or do you think differently it, on that no it, it it is um i was actually reading an article on this earlier today uh by w w james and antle the third in uh the american conservative is that the guy who uh, who, who made your kava no no that was robert evelyn carmichael oh uh, i'm sorry robert evelyn carmichael sorry Right, Robert Evelyn Carmichael, not uh, W. James Antle the third. Fair enough. Sorry Although Robert that. Evelyn Carmichael is Robert Evelyn Carmichael the third, oddly enough. Um, but uh, he had he was saying he was saying the same thing where in the Clinton during the Clinton impeachment it was basically a few Democrats actually voted in favor of the impeachment inquiry. Right. But it was basically partisan, straight down the line, and what on to impeach. Right. Um. And it's going to be the same thing in this in this instance against Trump, where I think maybe one Republican in the House has said that he supports the inquiry. I believe but so, everybody yeah. else. Justin Amash obviously doesn't count. He's independent. Uh, everybody else, all the Democrats and Justin Amash are voting for it. And that's what's going to pretty much guarantee that this impeachment is going to happen. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that he wrote in here, and I hate that I ever am going to quote this person, but Alexander Hamilton uh, warned concerning impeachment. I mean, is it, do we we really, okay, never mind. Go ahead. Yeah. Wrote, uh, warned concerning impeachment in the Federalist 65. There will always be the greatest danger that the decision will be regulated more by the comparative strength of parties than by the real demonstrations of innocence or guilt. Um, then, which is a good point because, one of the things that George Washington warned about when he left office is he didn't want a two-party system because he said that at some point in our country's history, people will care more about the parties than they do about the country. Right. And we hit that a long time ago. <laughs> like pretty much as soon as he left. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I would have roughly put it in the early 1800s, but yeah, um, it was pretty much, it was early that, 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 that started happening. But, uh, he james antle the third closed it out and he said drone an american citizen no worries drone on about joe biden and a telephone and a telephone call constitutional crisis the truthfulness of one's testimony about oval oval office intercourse is likelier to trigger an impeachment inquiry than the accuracy of one's claims about weapons of mass destruction house speaker nancy pelosi held off on anti-war democrats but not the resistance and that's what it is you are upset about something that this guy said right not so much as something he did obama obama bomb or droned american citizens bush lied about weapons of mass destruction in order right. to start a war clinton i'm certain he committed some work i don't really remember like oh uh, uh uh the whole thing with serbia and uh and uh bosnia herzegovina and all, all of that i mean that that whole yeah. thing was a that was all garbage right and we got him on lying to people about having an affair like yep. it's not anymore about what's right and what's wrong based on the constitution it's i don't like this guy i want him out of office what can we get that people will be like oh okay that's awful Right, and apparently, all that takes is lying to the American public about having an affair, or asking somebody to look into a political opponent. Right now, 
he did ask a foreign nation to look into a political opponent, the same foreign nation that somebody that that political opponent asked to stop do it, stop an investigation that was concerning his son. Right. Nobody in this is a good person. Is this an impeachable act? Yeah, it is. Technically, it, it absolutely is. Yeah, it's an impeachable act. But comparatively to what other presidents have done, even this president, even even Trump. This is not that bad of a thing. No. But yes, is it impeachable? Yeah. Is he going to get impeached? Yes. Is he going to get convicted? No. Is he going to win re-election? Probably. Is it as bad as the 30 pine nut farmers that he had drone bombed? No. Will that ever come up as a reason to impeach him? No. Will Mm -hmm. President Warren, President Sanders, President Biden, President Ocasio-Cortez, President whoever do the same damn thing when they have the opportunity if history proves yes because obama did obama was supposed to be the change and peace and love candidate uh that's true so was trump trump was the trump was the anti he he ran on a foreign policy of anti-war it's time to bring everybody home we're not starting any new wars and i mean for the most part he's better but he's not good yep no, he's not. He's he's not good. So it's hyper partisanship and it's about stuff that ultimately really doesn't affect any of us. It affects them, which is why they're upset about it. That and if you re- so if you really think about it, uh, Nixon was trying to get dirt on the Democrats yeah. when he broke into the when he had his people break into the Whitewater. White House. Yeah. Hotel, or sorry, the uh, Watergate Hotel. Watergate, not Whitewater. Uh, yeah. 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 Watergate. Whitewater was the Clinton thing. Clinton thing. Right. Another example. Um, so he was trying to get dirt on the Democrats. Trump trying to get dirt on the Democrats. Bill Clinton lied to the American people under oath about getting a blowjob in the Oval Office. Facing his whistleblower. Facing his whistleblower. Which, oddly enough, his whistleblower was Linda Tripp, which you'd never want blowing your whistle. Oh, but that was his whistleblower's whistleblower. That's true. That and, was his whistleblower's whistleblower. You'll notice that Bill Clinton never asked to face her. So, thanks for that question. Here, here's, here's the next. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your Trump time. Recently, Donald Trump uh, quoted in a tweet a an, an evangelical pastor who oh yeah um, who was essentially advocating civil war if impeachment was successful and so um and i was talking with with one of the members of muddy waters media recently about this um about the evangelical christians which one they make up about 15 percent of our population um and they voted and basically about an 80 to 20 split in favor of trump in the last election and i didn't know if this reaching out by trump Uh, now is him knowing that he needs those votes again and he's not polling as well with evangelicals as before um and just any thoughts about them as a so i don't think it's that he's not polling as well it's that he needs all of them to show up so evangelical christians make up 15 percent of the population and that's actually been dwindling for a few years now at the same time their share of the voting population has actually gone up which is interesting because as they've gotten older, their likelihood of showing up to vote has gone up. So they have less to do. 
old people vote. Right. Old people vote. It, it is what it is. Um, and so they make up as much as a quarter of the electorate. And they vote, like like Chris said, on a, you know an 80-20, sometimes even higher split for Republicans because they've bought into the whole... Uh, you know, argument that, you know, the, the Democrats are killing the babies and the Republicans are the only things trying to stop them, which is, I mean, Planned Parenthood is still being funded. But anyway, uh, all of that to say that the they show up to vote Republican. If enough of them don't show up to vote Republican, then Trump loses. And so do Republicans. This is actually a similar thing with Democrats where uh, they have the black vote. So black people make up about 13% of the population and anywhere between 8 to 10% of the voting population. And they vote something like 90 to 95% Democrat. Actually, I think closer to 95% Democrat. If they were to lose not just a share of that vote, but if, if, if even the amount of black people who came out to vote went down enough, Democrats couldn't win any statewide election, much less uh, a federal one, you know, a, a nationwide one like a presidential race. Um, and so... Um, they have to whip up constantly the black vote uh, against Republicans. So now Trump is now quoted someone basically calling for a civil war, um, which I've read some people can say it or threatening that a civil war could happen. Uh, okay. So what he said, cause I have it pulled up. Here. Yeah. Thank you. Cause luckily it was in my text messages from personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds. He does some of the best show prep for me. He's he uh, is he is our Steven, except I have nothing negative to say about him. Right, yeah, I got zero negative to say about him. Um, uh, what the guy, what Robert, Pastor Robert Jeffrey said on Fox News was, and the Democrats don't care if they burn down and destroy this nation in the process. I have seen the evangelical Christians more angry over any issue more angry over any issue than this attempt to illegitimately remove this president from office, overturn the 2016 election and negate the votes of millions of evangelicals in the process. They know the only impeachable offense that president Trump has committed was beating Hillary in 2016. That's the unpardonable, unpardonable sin for which the Democrats will never forgive him. If the Democrats are successful in removing the president from office, which they never will be, it will cause a civil war-like fracture in this nation from which our country will never heal. So what he was saying wasn't that it was going to start <laughs> content creator Chris Reynolds. Um, yeah, top fan content creator Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. Conversation reason. starter. Um, but he he's not saying that uh, a civil war is going to break out. He's saying that it's going to divide this country so massively that we will never get back to the point of ever reaching one whole country. And instead it's always going to be the left versus right battle. But like we said earlier, that's been going on since the early 1800s and has gotten so much worse since the early 1900s. Yeah. It, we've become more partisan, but we've also become more bark and less bite over time. So I, I said earlier today, I posted that, you know, I pray each of you have the self-confidence of an old man in his hover around with his life alert bracelet, threatening a civil war over Trump's impeachment. The the reality is you've got, you know, 150 years ago, people were ready to take up rifles and kill each other over stuff. A lot more likely than now, where most people are likely to like argue on social media or, you know, complain to within their group about the other group. 
Um, you have a handful of people like Antifa that are actually able, or the Patriot Prayer people. But even they, they go out and dress up in costumes and punch each other and hit each other with sticks and throw and use mace on each other and bear spray and, you know, throw stuff. And I, it, that's not good and it's violent, but it's not them going out and shooting each other. And so, right. you know... In one way, people have become more hyper-partisan and more likely to go, ah, you know, screw everyone else that doesn't agree with me. At the same time, people have become so defanged uh, by the domesticated comfort that we live in now that uh, the likelihood of a civil war-like fracture, not really. Will we continue to be left versus right? Yeah. Will that continue to worsen? Absolutely. Yes. Is it going to be a war? No. People are, are, you know, people threaten war every time something doesn't go their way. And then they go back to, you know, whatever they were doing before, you know, playing uh, words with friends or whatever. Like, I mean, it, it's not, is, is, is something major like that going to pop off? It's like the people that go, if they come to take our guns, we're going to kill them all. They probably won't. There will be some instances of that happening. Uh, it would take a, a full-on mass all-weapons confiscation to even threaten that. Um, most people just aren't built for it. So, right. no, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried yeah. about, is what he did impeachable? <laughs> yes, just like anything else. So, but So, going to the evangelical, whether or not he's going to get the evangelical vote, mm-hmm. uh, right now... Trump's approval rating is hovering right around 42-ish. Yeah, low, low to mid-40s, yeah. Yeah, low to mid-40s. I think I think uh, the, the impeachment has kind of bumped him a little bit, but then it's taken him back down. Like So, like, he's low to mid-40s. If he's 45%, he wins. Yeah. If he's 45%, he wins. That's yeah. not even a question. Yeah. The, the issue that he's going to have is whether or not the evangelicals and the flyover states are going to be showing up to the polls. Yeah, they don't have anything to do on Tuesday. Church ended 48 hours ago. So they've got plenty of time on. They've got that day already circled on their calendars. Yeah. Um, it's called Trump Day um, in Iowa. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, Right now, 12 to 15% of the population, Trump won 46% of the vote, and at least 10% were evangelicals in 2016. If he loses half of them, he loses the entire thing. But I don't think he loses half of them because no matter what, they're going to be showing up every Sunday. They're going to be showing up every Sunday to a church, and they're going to be getting reminded that Elizabeth Warren wants to continue to fund Planned Parenthood. And that, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren wants to take more of their money. If the or Evan- Biden or Bernie Sanders if, or whoever. If the evangelicals had demonstrated an inkling of resisting Donald Trump, it would have happened during the Republican primaries of 2015 when the Republican Party and the majority of people in it and a majority of evangelical leaders were saying that Donald Trump was a morally bad person. They did not care about that because they don't actually care about the average evangelical Christian does not care about Christian morality or standards or family values. They care about keeping the brown people away from my precious society. They keep about my rule of law, unless it's a law I don't like and then I'm going to completely disregard it. Uh, They care about... Republican talking points. 
and Donald Trump most easily gave the Republican talking points. And he also had the most name recognition. So they showed up, they said, yep, Donald Trump, boop, Republican, I'm picking him. So it's not going to happen now. It is not all of the, and this is what the left media doesn't get, is that the more they talk about Donald Trump being bad, the more they are assuring that as many right-leaning people show up to vote for Donald Trump just to spite them. So we've, and we've said this from the beginning, the only thing that can beat Donald Trump is a, is the economy going south and him not starting a war. And if that, and those things are both at least somewhat likely to happen. If those things happen, then there's a good, then he probably will not get reelected. If he starts a war, a new war, or if the economy continues to do okay, then he's going to get reelected. Um, so, and the rest of this is just, you know, fun, fun stuff. Um, Personally, I think he's going to legalize weed in like August. If he did that, that would be such an undercut because then you would have the left reflexively explaining why weed shouldn't be legal, which hilarity um something i want to bring up i I honestly think he's going to do that in like late august early september of next year that would be such a he's just going to take it off the federal ban list like states can do whatever they want but it won't be federally banned that would be such a gut punch any any libertarian by the way who you know wanted to justify voting for trump they just they just got their their wish in in spades it would be a complete gut punch to the left because now you would have either warren or biden or sanders you know, reflexively going, whoa, you know, they shouldn't have banned it because, uh, you know, they shouldn't have taken it off the banned list because, uh, you know, uh, whatever ridiculous talking point they'd have to come up with solely because a Republican did it. it that would be such, he should, I mean, if he did that, that would be insane. Something I want to talk about that is not in the notes because I forgot to put it there. So I apologize, uh, Matt. Yeah, this is something that happened uh, last week. Um, there is a, uh, it's something that's been going on, uh, a, a journalist named, uh, an American journalist named, uh, Bilal Abdul Karim. Uh, he had been killed. He was nearly killed in a, uh, in five different drone and missile strikes in Syria. The, uh, uh, Trump administration is claiming that they have the right to try to kill him, uh, that he's on their kill list and, uh, they won't say why or present any evidence. Um, he has actually, and again, this is an American citizen. American citizen who is a journalist uh, filed a lawsuit saying that he wants to be able to defend himself against these charges and say, I'm not a terrorist. I'm a journalist and have his day basically in court and, and sue them to stop trying to kill him, murder him while he does his journalism. Uh, The uh, Trump administration has invoked their state secrets privilege uh, and uh, blocked the release about of information about the uh about their kill list they're basically saying we're going to try to kill him uh he's on our kill list and we won't tell anyone why a u.s judge has sided with the trump administration uh and thrown out the lawsuit uh saying that it is i'm not going to try to say that word but basically that he can't it's outside of uh justice uh, outside of the judicial branch that the executive branch this judge has ruled that the executive branch has the ability to place any american citizen on a kill list without telling anyone including the judiciary why that is i hope matt that neither of us need to tell our viewers how that could end up becoming a problem yeah but did you see the trial (laughs) 
Did you see the trial? Here, let me put that up. So this is the, for, the, for, the, for the people that are happy that this is how this went. Uh, th- these are the people that are very happy that uh, that uh, Mr. Um, Kareem uh, is basically going to die. I mean, he's, he's going to be killed. Um, he is, again, a U.S. citizen. He is, again, a journalist. He has, again, gone to court saying, hey, please stop trying to kill me. I'm not a terrorist. And the government has said, no, 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 we're definitely going to kill you. Uh, Abdul Karim's uh, attorney, Tara Plachaki, take this off, said, for the first time ever, a U.S. federal court ruled that the government may kill one of its citizens without providing him with the information necessary to prove that he is being wrongfully targeted and does not deserve to die. So he's not being allowed a day in trial. He's not being provided any kind of evidence that he can try to, that his you know defense can try to. I mean, this is the slippery slope. This is the U.S. government doesn't like you. They just put you on a kill list. They tell everyone you're a terrorist. And most of these schmucks right here simply agree because the government said you're a terrorist. You never have any opportunity to defend yourself against these schmucks here. And and eventually they kill you. And they don't have to tell anyone why. And the case gets closed. And no one ever investigates it. That is something someone should get impeached over. But they won't because the Democrats want to be able to do this too. Right. For the Republicans that are reflexively defending this because it's Donald Trump and those, you know, Muslim terrorists and whatever. Imagine if President Warren has the power to decide who can be put on a kill list and killed without any trial or even any reason stated, not just to the public, but even to a judge. They don't even have to explain to a judge why they can kill you. And in that situation, Spike and I will both miss you. We will definitely both miss you. You will be missed and we will watch your trial. Oh, wait, there is no trial. Right. We will watch. I was talking about we'd be the ones taken. Oh, well, (laughs) I'm I'm a good guy. I don't think they'll take me. But uh, if they do, I won't get a trial. So that'll be fun. So this is the kind of stuff that, in my mind, someone should get impeached for. Not uh... <laughs> So uh, Chris Reynolds, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, says, for an anarchist, Spike really cares that the journalist was an American citizen. My point here is that it really shouldn't matter. But we're told that, you know, you're an American, you're protected by the Constitution, no matter where you are, and the government, blah, 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 blah. This drives home the reality that they don't care who you are. They'll just kill you. The one thing that seemed to protect Americans was a thin veneer of the concept of due process in front of our government. This has been completely thrown out the window. Yes, it was thrown out the window by Abraham Lincoln. Yes, it was thrown out the window by Thomas Jefferson. But in modern times, at least they had to have some kind of stated reason for doing the things they did. Government now didn't even bother. They're just like, oh, you're a terrorist. Not during World War II. It's true. So this is the first time in modern times. And and now to hear this attorney say it, this is the first time that a judge has ruled that an American can't even hear the evidence against them. But regardless, that to me is more frightening than anything we've talked about, which is why I promptly forgot to put in the notes, Matt. <laughs> uh, 
because I was just so scared. Um, back to some good news, Matt. Tell us about this thing that happened in Ohio. Um, so a couple of weeks ago uh, on the writer's block, uh, I had Axel David on, and he was he is a uh, red light camera traffic uh, trip. He deals a lot with traffic uh, issues, um, and he fights massively against red light cameras. And when I was spending some time with him on Saturday, drinking some of the delicious mud water that we drink together regularly, he asked me if I had heard about what Ohio had done with red light cameras. And I was a little terrified, but then remembered I don't live in Ohio, and I wasn't actually all that worried about it. Right. And then he told me what Ohio had done. And Ohio has been trying to ban red light cameras for quite some time. Okay. But they've never really been able to do it. Uh, this, the localities kept saying, no, that's our right to put them here. Right. Uh, you know, this is, you know, this isn't about raising money. This is about public safety. And so Ohio said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We are going to pass a law where if a city is using red light cameras and they gain money from the red light cameras, they lose state funding equivalent to what they get in red light camera revenue. Oh, wow. So if a city, so if a city uh, gets a million dollars a year from the state, mm-hmm. we're, we're just going to make up numbers here, gets a million dollars a year from the state, and they get $500,000 in red light camera revenue, the state only owes them $500,000. So cities are now saying that this is unfair and they need that money and they've been having to fire police staff. Oh no. Which if it's about public safety and not about money, you shouldn't have to worry about police staff. Also, you now have these cameras doing the job of the police. So you can to raise the, the money. Staff. Perfect. So you can fire the police staff. Perfect. Yeah, who needs cops? By the way, whenever I hear about the, the hardships facing the people that enforce our police state, I get out my tiniest keyboard so I can press the little F on it. Um, this is actually kind of a genius way of dealing with this. It really is. Florida has been trying to do it for years and it never gets out of committee. This is the, the whole appeal that that the police have tried to use with red light cameras is it keeps us safe from those red light runners it keeps us safe it's making us safer well if that's the case they haven't been penalized for doing this the state has simply said whatever money you make from it you won't get from the state it will be revenue neutral you do not look like the type of guy that says penalized 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 by your whistleblower right I know when my whistleblower whistleblower penalizes me, or I guess I guess technically I'm penalizing my whistleblower. Whichever way that goes, when the penalization happens between me and the whistleblower, I want to be looking eye to eye, eye to eye with said whistleblower. But this is smart because they go, you know, this is okay. So what they say is, all right, great. So this is going to be revenue neutral. You're not going to make any additional money and you'll still get to, you know, keep everyone safe. And then the cities go, no, 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 we need the money or else we're going to have to fire cops to which people go, 
well, you're replacing the cops with cameras. So great. That saves even more money. Yeah, now you're just saving money. So it really destroys the the whole, you know, police industrial, police state industrial complex by kind of putting the lie what the whole thing is. It's about growing the police state, having more cops and more cameras and more uh, surveillance and more revenue and more taxes and more people going to jail and more people going to prison and more people being prosecuted and more, 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 more. This says, okay, this has nothing to do with safety. It's about growing your numbers all the way around. Um, right. So that's actually a really smart way and to doing it. It is. And I was, I was, I was reading an article earlier today uh, on, I think I found it on the Drudge Report, um, but that uh, smart cities are essentially all they are becoming massive police states, which we'll be talking about that next time. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, that's what red light cameras are the beginning of. They are just massive police states. And when you have a state, and I can't believe I'm about to give Ohio any sort of props, but when you have Ohio, a state like Ohio going, okay, you guys want to do this. You want to do this in your cities. Whatever revenue you raise from that, you do not get from us, forcing them to have to fend for themselves without the help of the state. That is absolute. That's beautiful that leaders are going okay look if you guys are going to do this if you're you are going to impede on the rights of people if you're going to keep i don't know why their reasoning behind it um i didn't go that deep into it i just really right. like the fact that you did it but if you are going to go all of if you are going to try to trap people and put them into more dangerous situations because red light cameras cause people cause more accidents right uh people mess with they mess with the yellows, making them shorter in order to raise more money, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Causing yep. more accidents, causing more um, issues. You you have a state that said, no, we're not going to deal with that anymore. Don't do that. And they're like, oh, it's for public safety. And they go, okay, great. Well, if it's for public safety, you don't need this money. You have somebody actually standing up to that mindset, and that is wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it, it, whatever it takes them for whatever reason they had for it, it's a net good that, because again, this doesn't even punish them. It just says, all right, you're not getting any more money. You're not going to make any more money from it. And they're panicking like, oh, we got to make money from it. I thought this was about safety. It's it's genius. And the fact that they were able to do this shows they could do it with more things. You could have more things of saying, okay, you're doing this, but saying it's not for revenue. Okay, great. Any money you make from it, you don't get from the state. Mm-hmm. And see you know, how much this stuff still pans out. Um, so going now to end the show on an example of what can happen when you don't rein in stuff like cameras and police states. Uh, a In Hong Kong, a protester was shot in the chest uh, on... Uh, and, and an interesting thing, before this happened, the Chinese government uh, uh, threatened that, um, that, you know, Hong Kong protesters were going to be violent uh, during the Grand National Day celebrations that uh, Donald Trump... Uh, alluded to in his um, celebration of communism uh, earlier in the show. Um, And so during that thing that Trump was super happy about right there, uh, in fact, this is kind of a depiction of what happened. So I'll just leave that up for a second. So that's actually really close. A a protester was, uh, was uh, shot in the chest uh, in uh, Hong Kong, the financial hub of China, which is why they even tolerate any of this. Uh, And, uh, a police officer was shooting a protester at close range. 
Um, the student is now in or was in critical condition after debris from the bullet was said to be lodged uh, an inch from his heart. Um, so th- this is the the other side of um, of of uh, of what can happen if you don't rein in rein in government. Yeah, uh, I couldn't find a video that I could rip of this. Um, but the police officer, the police officer, uh, there was a group of protesters and the police officer was being attacked by one of them and the guy had a baton. The police officer also had a baton. He pulls out a gun and he shoots the kid in the chest. Um, the British Foreign Secretary, Dominic Robb, called the use of live ammunition by the police disproportionate in this. Um, There was another instance where another cop was filmed yelling at random onlookers, uh, threatening to throw Molotov cocktails at the protesters. Well, in something uh, very similar to some other stories we've talked about this evening, uh, the police spokesman said that the officer absolutely had to shoot the 18-year-old to save his own life. That's right. He would have absolutely been batoned to death if he hadn't shot him. Not used his own baton, but shot him. Right. No doubt uh, if an officer had used a baton against one of the protesters and the protester shot the officer, that exact same spokesperson would absolutely be defending what the protester did. Absolutely. Right. Uh, They did ban all protests for the National Day celebrations. And roughly 100,000 people marched in defiance of that ban. So good on the people of Hong Kong. Oh yeah, um, no. This with even with Carrie Lam uh, 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 getting rid of the extradition law, this isn't going away now. Like this is getting bigger. It, it's just getting bigger and bigger. Um, this is. It will be very interesting to see how this plays out, especially where the U.S. government has a history of uh, uh, exploiting tensions uh, in countries with you know their geopolitical geopolitical opponents. Um, it will be interesting to see if this continues or if it's already happening, especially where, you know, Trump has some issues with with the Chinese government. If we end up seeing some CIA support of, of these groups and you end up with a situation where, you know, Hong Kong becomes a breakaway entity or has some kind of a, you know, a, a civil war or something like that. Interestingly enough, Hong Kong is such a financial hub global financial hub that if it were to have something like that, it could actually trigger a worldwide recession just because of how much money is in Hong Kong and how much is generated from it. So yeah. it'd be very interesting to see how that plays out. Right. And it, if Donald Trump has some sort of CIA missions planned, it's really ironic that he was congratulating them on their 70th anniversary of being communist. 4D chess, Matt. That 4D chess. You congratulate them for being communists while the CIA overthrows them. Right. And all that guy that all that protester wanted was a little bit of that sweet, sweet democracy that we all talk about. Oh, yes, democracy. And, and, uh, Luckily, that cop was able to be judge, jury, and an executioner for him. Yeah. Well, you know, again, did you see the trial, Matt? <laughs> I actually did. I saw the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I know. So 
I I saw both actually. <laughs> I, I I saw the I I saw the trial of that young gentleman who got shot by a Hong Kong police officer, and I got saw the trial of uh, Geiger, Amber Geiger. Well, Sarah Ann Anderig is not happy. No, Matt. She has said, "Oh my gosh, BS," and I don't know what that's in reference to. I'm not 100 percent sure. But she I think is it's none probably, too pleased. It, she is none too pleased. But I'm guessing it has to do with the cops threatening to throw Molotov cocktails and shooting uh, random 18 year olders in the street. Well, I would hope so. And that's what I would hope. I would hope so, Matt. So, yeah. So, guess what? This is a really short show for us. This is a really short show for us, and I feel I don't. I feel like. I need to talk about something. So I have an episode tomorrow. Who's your episode? <laughs> hey, thanks for asking. So uh, on My Fellow Americans, tomorrow, Wednesday night, October 2nd, 9 p.m., my guest is none other than Marcus Matthews. Marcus the- Matthews? Marcus Matthews, the host the of... The other black guy who likes guns? Yes. The other black guy who likes guns show is the name of his show. Marcus Matthews is my guest. And we're going to be talking about presumably gun stuff. Presumably, I would would say. I would imagine that's the other black guy who likes guns. I mean, I would think so. That's what we would be talking about. And uh, and so we're going to be talking about guns. We're going to be talking about, I think he's an anarchist. So I think we're going to be talking about that. Uh be weighing in haven't letting him weigh in on his thoughts about when he says current. he likes guns is he talking about like his uh biceps there because good god that dude that dude lifts oh oh he lifts he lifts he likes all the guns he doesn't just like the firearms he likes he's brought the gun show he found the gum show gun show loophole and <laughs> uh and he's exploiting it um so yeah no he's his show for those who haven't watched it his show is hilarious and i really look forward to having him on uh i think he's a really cool guy so we're doing that and uh jason still cares a lot about his family so uh he's he's gone for a little while uh but then uh uh be sure to keep him in your prayers him and his family because he likes them and uh (laughs) And be sure his family, the prayers he appreciates, but he, he appreciates really the prayers family. for his family. Cause they're like important to him. So be sure to tune in next week, uh, on Tuesday, the, I think eighth. No. Yeah. The eighth. Eighth or ninth. Right here. This two next Tuesday at probably eight for the next episode of the muddy waters of freedom where we will parse through the week's events like the little autumn cherubs that we are. (laughs) So Matt, (laughs) the autumn cherubs that we are. Yeah. So Matt, if someone were to go on the internet and look for us, what would happen? Oh, uh, less and less recently. But uh you can find us 
You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash muddiedwatersmedia. You can find us on Instagram at muddiedwatersmedia. You can find us on Twitter at muddied underscore waters. You can find us on float at f-l-o-t-e dot a-p-p slash muddiedwatersmedia. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash muddiedwatersmedia. And you can find this and every other episode of Muddied Waters Media at, you guessed it, muddiedwatersmedia.com. Dot com. And guys, also the float app just came out. So you no longer have to just go to float.app if you uh, go to the Float Facebook page or Float on the, I think it's just on Android right now, you on Google Play and look for Float, F-L-O-T-E. You can download the Float app. Start following us there. Our video is way better there. We will have special episodes there with copyrighted content like debates and stuff that will get us kicked it, off of YouTube and Facebook. Demageddon 3 is going to be Demageddon happening 3. exclusively on Float. Demageddon 3 will absolutely be on float and absolutely not be on the other platforms because we don't want to get kicked off the other platforms. But right. float is we, so much better. We can put it on all the other platforms after the fact, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I've been told. And Multiple I, times by I me. I know, by you, and I'm sure... <laughs> I sure... Sh- sure... And if worse comes to worse, we'll be on float. <laughs> if worse comes to worse, you will find us only on float. <laughs> and like Reddit, maybe. And like, you could text me. <laughs> you could text us. Hopefully, we won't. I won't lose my AT&T account. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can text Spike, but he might not reply. I'm also on that Saraha app where you can anonymously talk to me. That thing, that, <laughs> the Arab thing, and and that, and then you can maybe you can email me at spike at spikecohen dot com. That may be how you have to reach me. You can WhatsApp him. You can WhatsApp me if you know my number. Definitely not giving it to you. Um, but you can uh, you can email me, and um, you know, uh, check me out in Florence in November if I get kicked off of everything else. So, guys, thanks again for tuning in. But th- for this. Short but sweet episode, as Dave Hunter put it, of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. It's sad that an hour and a half is short, but here we are. Uh, so, so <laughs> it's like an hour shorter than what we've been doing recently. Well, that, but this is really actually what we should be doing. So, guys, thanks again, and uh, tune in next week. Actually, tune in tomorrow. Oh, sorry, Dave Hunter, I apologize. Anchor.fm. You can find us at anchor.fm slash muddied waters. Yes. Where you can leave us messages that we will play on the air and answer your questions. Yes, like the Chris You can Reynolds. also donate money. Yes, like Chris Reynolds. To make sure that we can continue to give you this high quality content how, that you have come to love. How would you like to have your picture right there with your name on it? You just have to sponsor more. You just have to sponsor Personal us. <laughs> Chris Reynolds. Attorney. Well, no, I mean, we'll do Chris's too. I'll have a, I'll do 15 of these things. <laughs> I'll do so many of these. This will just be the whole show. It'll just be filtering between people's faces that give us money. I pr- That is my solemn promise to you, America. So guys, thanks again for tuning in. Be sure to tune in Wednesday, tomorrow for this. Oh, uh, this being for those uh, that are on the audio only for uh, my fellow Americans where uh, Marcus Matthews at 9 p.m., Eastern, where Marcus Matthews, the host of the other black guy who likes gun shows, will be here with me, Spike Cohen. Me. 
guys, thanks again. For- so that man, so, I'm sorry. That is such a really specific name because I know who the black guy who likes gun is, guns is. I know who the OG black guy who likes guns is. Uh-huh. And he's already saying, I'm the other one. <laughs> it's genius. Like, I know he's, I know Maj is the, is the black guy that likes guns. And he's like, well, I'm the other one. I'm not him. I'm the other one. Oh, I thought it was uh, Colleen Noir. Oh, I thought it was Maj Tor. See, this is why you got to market yourself. Because then those guys can have to fight over who's the black guy that likes guns. And he's like, no, I'm already the other one. <laughs> so one of y'all are, are getting third place. Marketing genius. I'll bring that up with him. Um, <laughs> so guys, thanks again for tuning in. We love you so much. And where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs>